Well, during every Oscar ceremony, there is a segment which looks back at all the movie greats from actors and directors to producers, cinematographers who died since the last ceremony. It's safe to assume that one of them this year will be William Hurt. He won the Oscar for Best Actor back in 1985 for his role in Kiss of the Spider Woman. He'd be nominated again in 86 for Children of a Lesser God and in 87 for Broadcast News. He was considered one of the premier actors of his time. He passed away on March 12th at the age of 71. And while in the days that followed, much was written about his career, my next guest was sitting down to write a very different and very difficult column for Variety magazine. Donna Kaz is a multi-genre writer and the author of Unmasked, the memoirs of a guerrilla girl on tour, which covers her relationship with the late Hurt beginning in the late 1970s, an abusive relationship and her path to becoming an activist fighting domestic violence. This is not a story about an actor. This is a story about a woman who survived and overcame abuse and found the courage to tell her story. Donna Kaz joins me from Long Island in New York. Thank you for being here tonight. Thank you. It's good to be here. I wanted to talk a bit about Guerrilla Girls because um, for listeners who don't know who they are, they were a theater troupe uh, composed of women who talked about many issues facing women in the arts, but they wore masks and there was a reason why they wore masks or continue to wear masks. Um, and what was that? And why was it important to hide your identity to deliver these messages? We hid our, our, our identity because we didn't want anyone to accuse us of doing what we were doing, which was trying to get shed light on sexism and discrimination in the arts, we didn't want people to say, oh, you're doing that just to promote your own careers. So we put masks on and we all took the names of dead women artists so that we could focus on the issue of discrimination in the arts. Um, at the time, I mean, and still today, people think that the arts are very liberal and diverse and inclusive and the opposite is true. I think that the stats in the United States are less than 15% of all plays produced in the U.S. are written by women uh, or artists of color. Um, the same goes with the art world, the music world, the dance world. All of the arts do not are, are not inclusive. And so that's why we put masks on, because people listen to us more. When they didn't know who we were, there was an intrigue about who are these women who aren't showing their faces. And we got our message across. People started to listen to what we were saying. And that was the, that was, the masks became very effective. You came to this place um, as, a, as an activist, as a feminist in the arts, from a very different place. You explained uh, in the article in Variety, your very early days arriving in New York City with ambitions of being like so many, I gather, who are, over the years who've either gone to LA or New York with big dreams. And, and you've also explained how your life took a turn with one decision, one decision to work in one place and one person who you met. Yes, I was fresh out of college. I had dreams of working in theater, of being an actress, of directing, of writing. And it was the fall of 1977 and I needed a job. So I walked down Fifth Avenue to Greenwich Village and I got a job at Jimmy Day's Bar and Restaurant, which was a famous bar right in the middle of Greenwich Village in Sheridan Square. And it was right around the corner from Circle Rep repertory company and William Hurt was working in Circle Rep and he came in every day and that's where I met him and that's where I got to know him. He invited me to see one of his shows 
And we spent the next three plus years together. And I often thought, and it was one of the reasons why I wrote the book, what if that had never happened? Where would I be? I ended up becoming an activist and a feminist and, and working towards women's rights and that journey um, I wanted to explore. You are the author of a book called Unmasked, Memoirs of a Gorilla Girl on Tour. Um, what made you decide that it was time, or what made you decide to take the mask off and put yourself out there to tell what is a very personal, um, very difficult story to tell about abuse at the hands of someone who is a, who people would have known perhaps had their own images of that might not uh, might not be in tune with what you were talking about? You know, I always felt that I lived my life with a secret. I had the secret. I had been abused. Um, I had been in a violent relationship. And I kept it a secret for a very long time. I didn't even admit to myself that I had been abused. I would say things to myself like, well, it wasn't that bad. You only went to the emergency room once. I downplayed it. And I think it was because of the shame, the shame of being in that relationship and feeling that it was partly my fault. Um, and I w- And 35 years went by and I just thought to myself, it's time for me to tell my story. It's time for me to let it out. I was at a point in my life where my My mother had just died. I was feeling that I had something to say and I needed to get it out. And so I went on this journey of writing a braided story, which was my relationship with William Hurt and how I became a a guerrilla girl and a guerrilla girl on tour, a feminist activist and how those things collided and how one led to the other. Um, I had to go back and relive my life. When you write a memoir, you have to go back and remember the story. And that was extremely difficult. But in the end, after it was published and the story was out there, I felt I, I was changed. It, it thrust me into a whole nother level of self-confidence and the belief that, yes, I am an artist and this is my truth and I have finally gotten it out. One of the things that struck me about your the article you wrote recently after William Hurt's passing in uh, Variety magazine I was thinking about people who are people who live through abuse and how difficult it is to tell their stories for them to tell their stories and even you with a way with words um someone who would be looked at as someone who would probably have more of an ease with telling a story than most. Even you said that you felt like your abuser was watching, making sort of questioning everything that you were writing, every sentence that you wrote down. In other words, questioning your version of events, even from afar. And that how there, therein lies the contradiction of trying to tell your own story and how difficult it is. It's very hard to shake abuse and trauma. It becomes a part of the fabric of your life. It's always with you. It's always there. It's something that you have to live with. And for me, be, being involved with someone who was famous, it was there in the press, in papers, every time I turned on the television or the radio, always there reminding me. And 
when you are in a situation like that, you doubt yourself, you have no self-confidence. Um, and so I had to address that in many ways and relive my life and go back and try to figure out what was, this is, this is, this is the truth as well as I recall it and go back and remember um, exactly what happened to me and release that story. Now it was very important for me to tell it, but um, I also talk in the book about, you know, disclosure is a process because lots of victims carry with them a lot of shame and it's fine to tell your story when it's the right time for you. I never wanted the message to be everyone needs to tell their story because certainly some stories can be kept inside forever and that's perfectly fine as well. What was the, I was, I was thinking back to my earliest memories of William Hurt and I think it might be body heat, but that was, I was very young. Um, I think it was kiss of the spider woman. And there was a contradiction there because my memory of the man was playing this incredibly sensitive, caring character. And somehow that's the image I carried through life, really, without ever really questioning it or thinking about it. Um, was it, did you find there was any pushback from people who would say, well, that, you know, who, whose image of, of, of him was completely built by what they had seen on screen. And here you were telling this very different truth from. from yes. I mean, a lot, yeah, I, I, yes, absolutely. Um, William Hurt fans, you know, probably have a very hard time with my book. I'm not doubting his art. He was a, a wonderful actor. Um, batterers are usually extremely charismatic and very good at keeping their private lives secret. And what happens behind closed doors is never talked about. This is part of the problem of domestic violence is the, the victim is either blamed for not leaving. Why didn't you just get up and leave if you were so abused? Um, and the abuser is extremely successful or charismatic or well-liked in society. Um, but I think that part of the reason why I wanted to tell my story is to talk about the cycle of abuse and how addictive it is to be in a relationship like this. Um, you, you get hooked into the promise of, I will never do it again. I'm sorry. Um, and that's the cycle. There is the tension building, the actual beating and abuse. And then there is the honeymoon period, which is saying, saying he would say he was sorry. He would promise never to do it again. He would send me flowers. He would write long letters to me. He would buy me gifts. And I was hooked into that honeymoon period and I couldn't get out of that cycle. Um, I believe that, yes, we were fated to be together. We were in love. I was, I loved him very much and I wanted it to work out. And I think that's what happens. And people don't realize that it's very hard to, to unattach yourself from something like that. I'm speaking with Donna Kaz, a multi-genre writer and Gorilla Girl Afro Ben. Gorilla Girl is a Gorilla Girls is a feminist activist theater troupe. Donna is also the author of Unmasked Memoirs of a Gorilla Girl on Tour, which covers her relationship 
with the late William Hurt and her path to becoming an activist fighting domestic violence. She's also just written an article for Variety about the abuse she suffered at the hands of William Hurt and the lasting effects of that. After this, we'll talk a bit more about the motivation behind the article in Variety, what was what needed to be said and why that message is still so important to, to Donna. We'll be right back. I'm back with Donna Kaz, multi-genre writer and author of Unmasked, Memoirs of a Gorilla Girl on Tour, which covers her relationship, an abusive relationship with the late William Hurt and her path through that to becoming an activist fighting domestic violence, as well as an article she's just written for Variety magazine about his passing and the impact uh, and why she felt it was time to share the story again. I was saying, uh, Donna, that reading through your some of the imagery that you bring up in that article, I was saying halfway through, I forgot I was reading about William Hurt. I I felt like I could have been reading about, I could have been reading a lot of different people's stories from over the years. One of the things that that was was this idea that I think those of us who haven't lived through a similar situation don't fully understand is how it lives with you, how it sits with you. Um, And you bring that up very poignantly in the article about how it was always in the back of your mind somewhere and how hard it is to shake that. Yeah, I think anyone who's experienced any kind of abuse or trauma knows that it's it becomes a part of you. It's a part of your life. It's your new normal. You never forget it. You never let it go. You heal and you move on. And one way I moved on was by writing about it and telling my story and believing that my narrative had um, uh, weight and was important in the world um, and so that's, that's, that's what happens when you have horrible things happen to you in your life. You, you don't shake them. You, you incorporate them and you, you move through them in a way. And it's a constant process of moving through. And taking back, I guess. And if, taking if I- back, right. I mean, part of it... <sighs> It was a very bizarre sensation to find out that he had passed. And a part of me was was just thinking about my story. Everyone it, everyone was writing about his story, his successes, his art, his truth, which is fine. Um, but I also have a story to tell that I feel is important. There was never, I gather, any acknowledgement on his behalf of either what you were of your of of the story you were sharing the truth you were sharing or the impact that it had on someone that you know clearly the two of you were in love and, and, and for a time and the, the idea that that would never be recognized will that be haunting at all or, or are you fine with that well i i have to be fine i suppose mm-hmm. but there is there always was a, um a dream of some sort of peace. I'm a very, I'm a, I'm a person who likes to have balance and evenness in my life. Um, And that will never be. And that is sort of bizarre, but I, when you, I, I wrote this book 10 months before the me too movement exploded Um, It had always been in existence, but before it exploded onto the scene. And so when I wrote my book, I had to have lawyers vet my story. I had to protect myself. It was a little, uh, not a little, it was a lot scary because I could have been 
put, putting myself into a situation where I would get a lot of um, anger directed at me. People would accuse me of uh, not telling the truth or doing this for nefarious reasons. And that was very stressful for me, but it was important for me to tell it. And I never heard from him about it. I had a sneaky suspicion that he had read it because I bolted upright out of bed one night thinking that he had just finished it. I write a manifesto in the book directed to him about that he needs to step aside and allow me to tell my story. He never tried to block it, but I never did hear from him again after 19 um in the in the late in the early 90s i was volunteering for la um commission on assaults against women which is now an organization called peace over violence and they needed someone to speak um when nicole brown simpson was murdered about being involved with a famous person who abused them and so i went on the air and at that point i thought i would never hear from him again and i didn't um, but he never responded to the book. I don't know what he thought about it. It was, and that really wasn't the point of my writing it. Um, so he's no longer here. Um, and it was just a very odd and weird sensation when I found out that he passed. It was a release, uh, but also it brought back memories. It brought back anger. It brought back sort of a strength in me to continue to try to not be silenced and to tell my part of the story. Donna Kaz, thank you so much for sharing your story with me and with my listeners tonight. Um, Much appreciated. Thank you very much.